No longer in apartment 125, but it is surely unfiltered. Welcome back to the podcast. I've got the weekend roundup for you guys today, even though it's a Wednesday when I'm recording, but we're going to do it a little differently because of that. We're going to jumble everything up into this one episode. I'm talking UNC football. I'm talking the NFL. I'm talking women's soccer, field hockey, and going to talk about it all. And then also, this is going to be an unfiltered episode, truly unfiltered, because I have no notes. I'm just going to be looking at a box score, giving you guys my thoughts of the game. Let's get this thing started. Let's start with those New York Giants, because ladies and gentlemen, they are 5-1, and one, shocking the world yet again, beating the Baltimore Ravens 24-20, to down 10 with six minutes left to go. They score 14 unanswered. Daniel Jones leading the offense down the field and then the defense forcing two turnovers on Lamar Jackson with four minutes left. They got a pick with Julian Love to set up the go-ahead touchdown for Saquon Barkley and then Kayvon Thibodeau with his first career sack coming at the best time getting a strip sack on Lamar Jackson to pretty much effectively end the game. Saquon Barkley picks up a first down takes a a slide before the end zone after picking up the first down, makes Baltimore waste their timeouts, game over. Here's why this win is so impressive for me. Because we've seen the Giants down at halftime, just like they were in this one, 10-7. We've seen seen them down 10 points. They were down 10 to Green Bay. They were down 10 to Baltimore. But yet, both sides of the ball, they get better as the game goes on. The coaching adjustments at halftime, Brian Dable, One of the best coaches in the league probably right now. He is easily the contender, the head favorite for coach of the year because of how well this team is playing in the second half compared to the first half. The adjustments, it really matters. They have outscored Mike Vrabel, Matt LaFleur, John Harbaugh, 55 to 19 in the second half. Those are three playoff teams right there. I know Tennessee had a sluggish start. That's a good team who can really run the ball and effectively end games. I know Baltimore hasn't been great at ending games this year, but it's still Lamar Jackson. And he's so dynamic, and we saw it in that game. We've seen it the entire season. And for this Giants defense to get two turnovers, the Julian Love interception to set up the touchdown, huge play. I know it's a bad snap by Lamar, a bad decision, but the first interception of the year for a good Giants defense. And then obviously Thibodeau, probably a huge confidence boost for him. Gotta love how the defense stepped up there. But this team is just showing how legit they really are. They're not a laughing stock. They're not the worst 4-1 team ever. This is actually a good football team. and They're playing disciplined football. They're sticking to their formula because if you look at Daniel Jones, 19 of 27, 173 yards, two touchdowns. Nothing really screams at you or pops out at you of like, he balled out. Saquon Barkley, 95 scrimmage yards and a touchdown, 25 touches total. I mean, the offense had a good game, but it's efficient. You, you're running the ball. You're sticking to your strengths. Again, with very minimal help at receiver. Great to see Wandale Robinson back. Three catches for 37 yards. His first career touchdown as well. Daniel Bellinger really turning into a nice tight end. Five catches, 38 yards, and a touchdown. But it's nothing too flashy on offense. You're just going to run the ball, pound it up the middle, and then this defense is going to put in work when they need to. Love how this team is playing. It's so exciting. I wasn't able to watch all of it. But I went back and watched a lot of the highlights. I watched the last four minutes, pretty much watched uh, when Julian Love got the interception. And then obviously watched from there, the Saquon Barkley run-in, the strip sack, all of that. But man, is it so fun to be a Giants fan right now? Five and one. Who could have thought? I was saying after we were three and one, well, we're probably going to be three and three because we're not beating Green Bay and Baltimore. I was like, there's no way. 
But Brian Dable said there is. This team is so fun to watch. It's so fun to be a Giants fan right now. They're 5-1. and one, And their next four games. Because I was arguing with you know a few people. But here's the thing. And let's use our football brains here. The Giants are 5-1. and one. In their next four games, they play Jacksonville, Detroit, Seattle, and Houston. And they play the Commanders twice in three weeks towards the end of the season. With those six games, with this team already 5-1, and one, playing very good football, they're very likely going to make the playoffs. Barring a crazy collapse, which I'm not putting out of the picture, but we have to think like football fans, unbiased football fans, and look at the strength of schedule moving forward and seeing that, wow, the Giants play some pretty terrible football teams with already having five wins in a very bad NFC. So I'm very, very excited to potentially see the Giants playing football in January for the first time since 2016 with Odell Beckham after the boat photo. Hopefully the curse is reversed, but man, this team is fun. They're playing hard. This defense is legit. Saquon Barkley, again, is legit. Best running back in football right now. And then hopefully as we get some weapons back, Daniel Jones can unleash a little bit more. But if there's anything to learn about the Giants is that this is a hard-nosed team that's going to grind out wins. They're going to play well in the fourth quarter. They're going to go out and snatch victories from people. They're going to play good defense. They're going to run the ball. They're not going to beat themselves, which is something we've done the past like five years, pretty much the past decade. And it's just the fact that Brian Dable is right now the coach of the year. So that's really all I have on the Giants. I'm so excited, and it's also nice to have a better record than the Dallas Cowboys because they are now 4-2 and two after losing to Philly. Cooper Rush ain't that awesome, is he, guys? <laughs> Obviously, we lost to them, but... And, and let me just preface, the Dallas Cowboys are a better team than, than the New York Giants. It's not because of their offense. It's because of their defense. That pass rush with Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence is legit. But don't tell me that the Giants are not a good football team. Because they've, all they've done is shown that they are. You want to talk about quality of opponents. You got the one seed in the AFC and NFC with Tennessee and Green Bay. I know Green Bay is a bit down right now, but the Jets are also a good team. And then Lamar Jackson, who's been playing pretty nuclear to start the season, cooled off a little bit. But the quality of wins are there. How they're winning is there. Because to be a good football team, you have to close out games. So very happy with the Giants. Let's keep it going, G-Men. Speaking of closing out football games, let's go to those football Tar Heels. Because man, oh man, do they have to squeak out a win in Durham. A very exciting one. They win 38-35 to when it looked like all hope was lost after Duke scored 14 straight in the fourth quarter to take a 35-31 lead. And they have the ball. Looking to score again, Duke misses a field goal. Drake May, with about a minute 30 left, drives down the field, throws a touchdown to Antoine Green with 16 seconds left. Little toe tap from Green, great catch, great throw, and the rest is history, beating Duke 38-35. to What an ending, what a game. That's the definition of a rivalry game right there. And UNC brings the, the the victory bell back to Chapel Hill. Just looked at the little box score. Drove from 209 to 16 seconds. So about a two-minute drive, but it's still a two-minute drill. You're still rushing, getting a great fourth down conversion with Josh Downs. That's the thing. Go to your best players to go win the game. You did it with Downs on the fourth down. Did it with Antoine Green. And you put the ball in Drake May's hands. And then the interception by Will Hardy, the true freshman, 
to end out the game. Second week in a row, we've had an interception to end it. This defense is showing a little bit of life. I know they struggled against Duke. We don't want to give up 35 points to the Blue Devils. Could have done a lot better, but it's how you end games, just like with those Giants. And the Tar Heels are 6-1, and one, bowl eligible, and now number 22 in the nation. We're finally ranked to see if we can handle the pressure, unlike last year. Drake May, though, 28 of 38. 380 yards. That's a career high. Three touchdowns. I mean, this guy's a top five court, top five quarterback in the country right now. Drake May is unreal. The types of throws this guy makes. He's so gutsy. Now he needs to be better protecting the football while running with it. But as a quarterback, this guy's one of the best. He's got great weapons. He can make his reads. Got a good arm. He's mobile, and he's clutch. Going on the road against a rival that we've had their number the past few years. This is the fourth year in a row we beat them, I think. Being able to do that, again, in Durham, when they're, it's a pretty good Duke team compared to years past, gutsy. That takes a lot of guts to go do that and just steal the hearts of Duke yet again. It's happened a lot, Duke uh, Blue Devil fans, uh, this year from the Tar Heels. Maybe 2023 will be your year. Probably not because, I mean, these Tar Heels, they're on top right now. Gotta love how the team played. Drake May ran for 70 yards as well. Caleb Hood, 10 rushes for 48 yards. Josh Downs, 9 catches, 126 yards. Antoine Green had 4 for 112 for a touchdown. J.J. Jones, 2 for 49. Caleb Hood, 5 for 32. And a a great touchdown catch by the end of the half to make it 21-17. I believe it made it. Caleb Hood, a very underrated piece to this offense. And that catch really kept us in the game. I think because if we go down 11 at halftime on the road, I think that spells trouble, even though we had a great third quarter. Here's my problem, though. The one problem I have with this game, we go up 31 to 21 and we stop Duke on a fourth and two on like a little pitch defense making some good stops and they give our offense the ball at like the 35 yard line. And on a second and eight, we decide to run a trick play. Why? Why get fancy? We were running the ball just fine. Get in the field goal range, get your points, or how about you just stick to the offense you've been running and go score a touchdown, make it a 17-point game. Duke fans are leaving the stadium. It's over. It's done. But when you have momentum like that, you can't do a dumb trick play that didn't work. Drake may get sacked on a third down. He also has to know that. We're out of field goal range. We punt the ball. That possession was pretty much nothing. We pretty much just gave Duke the ball back with... 20 yards further away from the end zone with a fresh set of downs. So I think Phil Longo needs to be smarter in that sense because we let Duke back in the game. It gave him some hope, gave him momentum. And when a team is down by double-digit points, the last thing you have to let them have is momentum. You have to keep your foot on the gas pedal. It's hard in college football. It's a very momentumous game. A lot of swings. But I think that was the one thing I really did not like about UNC on Saturday night. But again, six and one for a team that we thought was not going to be great after that App State game. They're winning games and they're winning them in the fourth quarter. Good teams don't lose these types of games. They go out and win them. Even though it hasn't been pretty for the Tar Heels, this team is gutting out wins. They weren't doing this last year. The fact that they're in games and they're sealing them on both sides of the ball, just like those New York Giants drawn a few similarities here. I think that's a good sign to see. Obviously, again, got to shout out Will Hardy with the interception off of Riley Leonard, who was honestly pretty impressive. 
20 of 31, 245 yards, a touchdown, also ran for 130. Waters had 91 yards and two touchdowns. This is a Duke team that really ran the ball well. They ran it for almost 300 yards, 297 to be exact. It was a good win, even though they gutted it out and it was close. But in two weeks, we've got Pitt, Keaton Slopes, and Israel Abanacanda coming into town. Great running back uh, up there in Pittsburgh. And this this was a team that used to be ranked. They've fallen off a little bit. I'm sure they're going to want to come in and ruin the party that we've been having. Uh, we'll be back in Keenan Stadium, obviously. That should be a lot of fun. But yeah, that's kind of what I've got for UNC football. Happened a few days ago, so I don't remember all of it, especially with it being unfiltered. Now let's transition to women's soccer. So the Tar Heels coming off a great weekend against Pitt and NC State. They play Wake Forest for last Friday night on senior night, winning 1-0. to Tori Hansen had a penalty kick in the 49th minute. That was her, they're saying it's her fourth goal of the season. Thought it might have been her fifth, but we'll just go with four. That's what it says on Go Heels. Got to trust them. Maddie Dillane drawing the penalty, and that's the goal that did it. UNC outshot Wake Forest 10-7, to 5-1 to in shots on goal. Only needed to make one save, uh, Emmy Allen did. And this is a pretty defensive battle. Wake Forest was pretty pretty strong defensively, had a couple chances, but this UNC defense held up. Julia Dorsey was out this game with an injury on senior night, unfortunately. Really wish she was able to play. I know that's a big moment for these seniors, but Abby Allen stepped in very nicely next to Tori Hansen. Moxley, Tessa Della Rose did a great job holding down the fort there. And now they've got a big matchup tomorrow night against Florida State. They are number third or number three in the country. UNC is now five, I believe. So a top five matchup. This is a team in Florida State that has won the national championship a couple times in the past few years. They might have won it last year, actually, if I'm remembering correctly. And it's at Florida State. So this should be a huge game. This was a very high state game last year when it was at Dorrance Stadium. Isabel Cox had a great performance, had two goals, hopefully she can uh, repeat because this Florida State team is really, really good and really talented. A player to look out for, along with Isabel Cox, because hopefully history can repeat itself. But I'm just going to go with Sam Mezla. If you're watching this game, keep your eye on number one because she's a dynamo. She's all over the field. She is the engine for this soccer team on both sides of the ball. She's great at controlling the ball. Hopefully she she can get some shots on goal along with delivering some opportunities for her teammates because this front line is really talented. They've got a lot of bodies there to sub in and out to get some fresh legs on the field. Someone like Maddie Delane who you can sub in and out. She's so fast. She can really tire out a defense. Same with Avery Patterson with her high work rate. Players like Ali Sentinor as well. But the midfield in this game is really going to decide who's probably going to surge to the top of the ACC. So look for Meza in that midfield. Look for Emily Colton as well. The two names certainly to look out for because we know the defense is going to stay strong. Hopefully, Emmy Allen probably going to be tested a lot more, but Meza and Colton really need to be the difference makers and stand out along with your midfielders off the bench, whether that's Talia Della Peruto, whether that's Ali Gambone. I think midfield is really going to decide with that this one. And then they've got Miami on Sunday. Miami wasn't great last year. Don't know how good they are this year, but hopefully... Get two wins, you jump to, what would that be, 7-2 and two in the ACC, maybe get a top two or three seed in the conference tournament. Very excited for that, but the season is really coming to an end for them. And then lastly, let's talk about some field hockey because they absolutely demolished Syracuse in a record-setting day for Aaron Matson. Winning 6-1, to one, Matson picked up her 307th career point on an assist. 
to Riley Heck, but this point made her the all-time ACC leader in points. I mean, just an incredible achievement for one of the most historic players, not only in the sport, but in UNC Athletics history. She is that good, and we're hoping for a storybook ending. I mean, they just pounced on them right out of the gates. Three goals in the first period. I wasn't able to be there, but saw some of the goals, and from what I heard from people who were there, this game was over after one period. Riley Heck had a hat trick, really showing her value uh, as, as the the young freshman star with her and Ashley Sessa, so great to see her uh, scoring goals. That's 10 on the season for her. Matson she scored as well, 17 goals for her on the season, and this team undefeated still, 12-0, number one in the country. They've got Virginia this Friday. They've got St. Joe's, a very good team, especially last year on Sunday. So last two home games, that'll be senior day as well. And then at Duke on October 29th, that Saturday with the ACC championships being from November 1st to the 4th. So these fall sports really coming to an end. I'm going to make my way up there uh, for senior day coming back from fall break as I will be going home for a little bit. So I will be at that St. Joseph's games. Have to see Aaron Matson in person at least one more time. And you should too. She's a legend. She's one of the best ever. One of the most just selfless stars you will ever run into. And I'm really hoping that this team can win it all. Give her that Storbic ending for her. And obviously Meredith Shoulder, who's there for her sixth year. Who knows if Madison or Bono, if this will be it for her. She's a senior, can take a fifth year. Same with Rome Ricardo. Actually, Rome Ricardo might have been there for five years. Not sure on uh, the official status of that in terms of years played. But this is a program that has been steamrolling through competition all season. It's a great defense, only allowing one goal to a good Syracuse team. So hopefully they can finish it out. But again, go to women's soccer, go to field hockey, go to the football game on the 29th. We're rounding out October with a very good slate of games. That's going to do it for today's weekend roundup, though. Stay tuned for more NFL, UNC sports coverage. NBA's kicked off as well. Might talk a little bit about that, but I really like the rotation I've got going here. And then obviously fantasy football. I went on a nice little joy ride yesterday through my journey. I'll keep the weekly updates as consistent as I can. But for now, thank you so much for listening and I'll speak to you next time.